this evening. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And uh, looking forward to a wonderful night and uh, having our missionary with us to kick off our missions month. And so we praise the Lord for that. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, pray that you be with our missionary tonight, the Brian family. Lord, pray that you would uh, give him the words to say as he preaches. Lord, pray that you would uh, just meet their needs financially and physically, emotionally. Lord, pray that, uh, uh, Lord, that you'd be with each of our missionaries and those that are get, getting the word of God out. Lord, we thank you again for all that you do for us. If there's anyone here, Lord, that doesn't know you, I pray that today will be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, since it's November, uh, at our, we have a family tradition at our house. There's no Christmas songs until November. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kick off our uh, getting, getting in gear for Back to Bethlehem. We're going to sing page 209, O Little Town of Bethlehem. All right. We'll sing first and the last uh, uh, of this song. Is that the wrong way? No. Okay. Two seventeen. That's what I said. Two seventeen. That's okay. Let's uh, let's sing uh, page number four thirty one. Uh, I must tell Jesus. Yeah. 
uh, welcome one another to the services tonight. As you're going back to your seat, do want to introduce our missionary, uh, Brother Brian, Jonathan Brian. Appreciate uh, his ministry and there in Mexico and doing a, a work there. I think he was here, he said, four years ago. I thought I'd met him before. And uh, uh, I was telling him, I said, I talked to him today. He said, uh, don't you work a little bit with uh Brother Neff, and he said, yeah, they work a little bit. They have an orphanage home. I'll let him explain a little bit of his ministry uh, there, and we appreciate uh, their faithfulness uh, to the mission and uh, to do what God has called them to do. And uh, I, I, I like having veteran missionaries come and give report, and just uh, then after he gives, a, he's going to show a, a video um, telling about the ministry, and then he's going to preach for us, and I'm looking forward to hearing him preach. And then afterwards, uh, we'll have uh, time if you have any questions for him or his wife. Uh, I'm sure either one of them would be happy to uh, help you uh, and answer those questions for you. And uh, so you uh, pray for him as he comes, sir. Our supporting churches an update so that they know uh, when they're investing uh, each week or each month in missions as one of your missionaries so that you know that uh, well how the Lord's been blessing that we're not down there just in a hammock swinging uh, having, a, having a good time uh, we're out doing the work that you guys sent us to do and so uh, we're kind of an extension as the Bible says to go out into all the world and preach the gospel uh, because of your faithfulness back home that allows us to represent you out in Mexico. And so to us, it's a big blessing uh, to be representing. And we come back because we want to 
let you know the uh, investment that you're making here at home. Where's it going? What's it doing? Uh, and we do want to come back also and thank you for your faithfulness uh, in supporting us, praying for us as your missionaries. And if you give towards missions or you pray for your missionaries, when you see this presentation, these people whose lives have been changed, it's because of faithful churches like yours back home supporting us. And we certainly appreciate you supporting us and praying for us on a regular basis. And hopefully it'll be a, be a blessing to you. And um, if you think of any questions, just hold them towards the end. And we love to, as the pastor says, if I can't answer, my wife can. Hello, we're the Bryan family, and we are missionaries to Zacatecas, Mexico. We are sent out by our home church, Greenwood Bible Baptist Church, under the leadership of our pastor, Todd Pointer. Growing up, I had many opportunities to go into Mexico, for my grandparents were missionaries there for over 30 years. And although a lot has changed in that time, one thing remains the same. People still are dying and need to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So after being saved and called to preach, in 2002, my wife and I packed up everything that we could fit into our car and we headed south to Mexico. For two and a half years, we worked with a veteran missionary in Monterey, Mexico, while we were learning the language and the culture. Some things in the culture were very easy to enjoy, like this plate of real tacos. And other things were a little hard to figure out at first. For example, this is a chassis of a brand new school bus that passed us going down the highway. And these are cactuses that are very common to eat in the area of the country where we live. We love it in Mexico because there's always something new to see. This is some young man's idea of a carpool and it's a little different than our idea. And although there are many different things in Mexico, one thing remains constant. It's the overwhelming influence of the Catholic Church. From elegant buildings to the smallest chapels along the sides of the highways here in Mexico, the country is dominated by Catholicism. People are being taught to worship relics, to worship the Virgin of Guadalupe, and are compelled without reason to follow the sacraments of the Catholic Church. And sadly, they worship a dead Christ that is powerless to save them. And our heart's desire is to help these sincere people find the light of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. So after learning the language, in 2005, we headed eight hours farther south into the heart of the desert to the city of Zacatecas. We passed a lot of villages that looked like this and finally, we reached the city that God had called us to. Zacatecas has a population of over 300,000 souls, and each one of them needs the gospel. After renting this small storefront for about $100 a month, we printed up gospel tracts. And then, with much prayer, we went out and knocked door to door, sharing the message of the cross. In October of 2005, we rolled up the metal doors on the front of our storefront church, and by the grace of God, we had 32 people come to our first service. After six months, we outgrew the storefront, and then we rented this house that had a big living room, and it went from this to this. God richly blessed the preaching of His Word, and we continued to grow. We were given a church van and started to go up in the hills above our church to pick up people. One of the greatest privileges that we have is being able to take the Word of God one-on-one -on -one and share with them how they can have salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Immediately after being saved, we encourage them to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. And this is a big step for them in Mexico, as many of them will be ostracized from their family for their faith in Christ. What a joy it is to see these families eagerly learning the Word of God. We teach them how to go soul winning and how to share their faith with others. And now our children's church really began to grow, as well as our van route. 
so we now pick up as many people as we can fit in our vehicles. Thankfully, we have been able to start different children's programs. The kids also enjoy it when we started a children's choir. We have special days that celebrate the independence of Mexico, and our son even likes to participate. And here is a special day that we made the world's longest taco. While sharing the gospel, we also try to help out with physical needs as well. Mexico still remains extremely dangerous, especially in our state. If you look at this map, you'll notice Zacatecas right in the middle. And we are surrounded by three different battling drug cartels. These are some of the pictures taken around town and are the sites that we live with on a daily basis. But the work of God goes on, and the preaching and teaching of God's Word goes forth. We also had the privilege of having several family conferences. Also, we started a small track and Bible distribution area where people could come and receive material free of charge. We also look for ways to teach the people how to serve in their local church. This is Brother Jesus Mendez, who we had the privilege of training and ordaining in the ministry, and he is now preaching in his own church in a city about three hours away. We look forward to any chance that we can get to get the gospel out. For instance, I noticed that my neighbor had a large ham radio antenna on top of his house, and now each week he is broadcasting our Sunday morning messages to anybody who will listen. In 2009, after soul winning in this small village just outside of our town, this couple visited us and invited us to use their home to start a church. And when we didn't fit inside, we simply moved the services outside. This is Brother Geraldo and his family, who we had the privilege of training and ordaining as well, and he is now the pastor in this village of San Jerónimo. He invited me to preach in his anniversary Sunday, which was a big honor for me. Please do pray for these believers and their pastor in this church. The third church that we were able to start was in the village of Tacualeche. And it's been a struggling work, but we continue each Sunday night to go out and preach the word and pray for fruit. Over the years, a big part of our ministry has been working with children. We've had vacation Bible schools, We've had regular youth conferences, a youth choir. Also, we've taken the youth to camp and encouraged them to grow in their faith and to develop friendships with others of like faith. In 2009, with the help of Brother Larry Naff, the Lord allowed us to open up the Lighthouse Children's Home. These are the first young ladies who came to live with us in the home. This is Rosita and Flor and Maria. Daily we try to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And honestly, it's a big blessing, but life has never been the same. Since the beginning, the Lord has continued to bring us even more needy children. Some of these children come to us from shattered homes, extreme poverty, and some even malnourished. As the children's home grew, the Lord was gracious and sent us workers. This is the Ibarra family that is working now in the boys' home. And this is Sister Karina and her son, and they're helping us in our home with the girls. Also, fellow missionaries, the Seatman family, have been helping us with homeschooling of the children. Here are some of the children pretending to be happy about receiving their new material. If you feel led, please come up and talk to us about how you can possibly support one of these children through your local church. We have been renting this house for the last 12 years for the services of the church, and God has graciously allowed us to see the attendance grow. Many Sundays out of the month, we have standing room only until we dismiss the kids to go up to their classrooms. I always tell the people that if you're going to have a problem in the church, this is a good problem to have. God has been blessing. Thankfully, in 2008, we were able to purchase our own land, and in 2012, we slowly began building as the Lord provided. This is currently what the building looks like today. Please pray for the finances needed 
to finish the building. Our main focus has been, and always will be, to reach out to others with the message of the cross. Over the last 12 years, the Lord has allowed us to see His hand working in the lives of members in our church. Our youth have really began to grow spiritually, and they have a great desire to serve the Lord. Little David, this little boy on the bottom, is now 17 years old and is teaching Sunday school class and has surrendered to preach the gospel. He has preached for us in the village church of Tacualeche from time to time. And Samantha, this little girl, she also is now 17 and has surrendered her life to full-time Christian service and will be entering Bible college in August. As well as these, Lise, Jasmine, and Josaphat. And we want to thank you for this fruit. As a result of your faithful prayers over these years, these are a few of the souls that have been saved by the grace of God and are learning to walk in the light of the Word of God. The members of our church would like to thank you for your faithful support and prayers over the last 15 years. Please continue to pray for us and Zacatecas as the need is still very great. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4-5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. gives you a little idea what we've been doing, amen, and uh, to us it's a blessing every time we watch it, my wife and I, uh, we sit back and uh, want to make it clear, we don't want you to sit back and think, wow, look at, look at the work the Bryans are doing, uh, because we absolutely know it's the Lord that's been blessing, it's the Lord, uh, you can go down there and you can have the finances you need and you can have the equipment you need, but if the Lord doesn't bless uh, then it's going to come to naught. And so God's been uh, good to us, and uh, we're always uh, amazed at how good God's been to us, and we just continue to try to serve Him and be faithful at what God's called us to do. And again, I know I already thanked you, uh, but again, we want to thank you for supporting us and allowing us back home. Uh, it's home for us, amen. Allowing us back home to be doing what it is that uh, God has called us to do. And uh, at the end, I, I guess Pastor said, if you have uh, questions or anything, then just feel free. Try to remember them. Amen. Uh, and feel free to ask at the end. Uh, Pastor asked me to bring the word of God. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to look at some verses that are very familiar. And uh, we're going to look at them in a little bit of a different way. Uh, but uh, certainly in a biblical way, uh, nothing, nothing's going to be, woo, okay, we're going to be biblical, sound doctrine, amen. Uh, but we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, and if you would, let's all stand and uh, read three verses of Scripture. We'll be in Galatians chapter 6, and maybe we can read it together. Uh, slowly, verses 7 through verse number 9, okay? We'll begin in verse number 7. Let's begin. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do again just thank you for the way that you've been good to us. Thank you, Father, for your blessings, uh, not only in Zacatecas, but here in Putnamville, Father, and in various other places. Father, I just pray that, uh, Lord God, we'd ever be conscious of the fact that it's your hand, uh, it's your power, it's your word. Uh, that uh, equips us to do your work. And Father, I pray, God, that you would even in this evening give us something from your word that would fill us and that would encourage us, Father, and that would uh, help us to keep uh, pressing on for you, Father. 
Lord God, I pray that you'd bless your word and that you'd be honored and glorified in everything that we do, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me read these verses again. Verse number seven, and no doubt many of you probably have it memorized. Uh, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse number eight, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Uh, amen. When we headed off years ago, we were a lot, uh, lot younger, a uh, little bit skinnier. I should speak for myself. Amen. Uh, skinnier, had more hair. Uh, but when we headed out of Indiana, I went to Bible college at Heritage Baptist University in Greenwood. Uh, and uh, we headed out uh, by faith uh, because we wanted to see God do something. Uh, we wanted to be used of the Lord. We didn't know Spanish. Uh, we headed, uh, we pretty much got a compass. Uh, well, we didn't have a, not literally a compass, amen. We got a map out, uh, this before GPS, and uh, we pointed our car to the south and headed down and uh, went by faith because we wanted to see what God would do. We wanted to see uh, the fruit of the harvest of what it is that he wanted to do in our life. I knew that God had called me to be a missionary to Mexico. And uh, in our very first date that I had with my wife, I told her, I said, now I need to let you know God has called me to be a missionary. Uh, and she said, wow. She says, I've never known a real missionary before. And I said, well, I've never been a real missionary before, so we're in the same boat together. Uh, and uh, graciously, she continued to want to wanna see me, and we got married. Uh, but we headed out by faith because we wanted to reap what it is that God had for us. If you look at verse number 9, it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap... It's a promise of God if we faint not. Now, some people can sit back and say, well, uh, Brother Brian, God's called you to be a missionary to Mexico. He's called Pastor Brown to be the pastor here. He's called various different people to do things. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily apply to me. And I would beg to differ. I, I believe the same way that your pastor has a call upon his life, God also desires to use each and every one of his children uh, for his kingdom. God's equipped you differently than he's equipped me. And, and there's things that you could do that I would never be able to do. But the principles are the same here. We use that verse number seven. If you look at it with me real quickly again, we use that verse number seven to talk about people who have turned from the way of God. Uh, it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. And without a doubt, that's the truth. To the man or the woman or the boy or the girl that turns their back upon God and says, I'm not going to do what God wants. I want my things. I want my way. And I'm going to pursue uh, the things that I desire in my life. That verse applies to them. Whatsoever man doeth, that shall he also reap. But you get to verse number 8 and you find out that it's not only referring to those that sow to the flesh, but there in verse number 8 it says, He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh uh, reap corruption. But now we see the spiritual side. He says, But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Just as true as it is that the man or the woman that rejects the way of God, will reap whatever it is he has sowed. Can I tell you what? It should be an encouragement to us because also those that reap or those that sow to the Spirit, those that are invested in the things of God, you will also reap. Amen? I'm sure that it crossed your mind, amen? Probably if I wasn't preaching, it would have crossed my mind too, amen? Uh, but I'm sure it crossed your mind with the, with the wind and the weather the way it is. I'm sure that somebody, that somehow maybe it's crossed your mind not to come to the house of God tonight. But praise the Lord, you're here, amen? And can I tell you what? It's not in vain. Your faithfulness here is not in vain. You might sit back in, in the flesh and think, well, what am I accomplishing? Why am I here? But can I tell you what? According to the word of God, whatsoever a man soweth, whether it be bad, he shall reap bad. But also I tell you, it's an encouragement to us because whatever we sow in the spirit, the things that we sacrifice for the Lord, we shall also reap. Amen. And that ought to encourage us to keep going on. Uh, the same way that you expect your missionaries, when we go back to Mexico, we're heading back in January. 
The same, thing, the same way that you would expect us to go back and be busy about this work that we showed you. If we went back and, and decided, well, we're just going to take it easy for a while and maybe go to one of the beaches down there, you'd say, Brother Brian, what are you doing? Because why? They expect your missionaries to be busy about the work. Amen. Can I tell you what? God also expects the members of this church to be busy about the work. Amen. And it's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the missionary. It's not just for brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Each and every member of this church, if you've been saved by the grace of God, God has a work for you. Amen. But what is it that keeps us going on? I want to look at a few things real briefly. What is it that keeps us pressing forward? What is it that when, uh, when, when you have an evening like this and the rain's out, what is it internally that would keep you pressing forward and keep you in the fight? Uh, not all churches that we return to, to report back to, are the same when we left. We've been back to churches that have really lost standards over the years. Supporting churches, and you come in, and boy, they've got a... A uh, little rock group there, and they got their things going on, and they're trying to, to drum up uh, business because that's the way they look at it. They're trying to drum up business by using the tactics of the devil or trying to bring in things that are not spiritual to try to get more people in the house of God. And it's sad to us to go back and to see that happening to some of the churches, not a lot, but to some of the churches that support us. But what a blessing it is to come back to a church that's just staying at the stuff. Amen. What a blessing it is for us as missionaries. You know, I think maybe uh, it would be possible for you to take for granted all the beautiful hymns that you sing in the house of God. But I tell you what, living in a foreign country for many years, coming back to sing the hymns of the faith, to us is a blessing. It's a blessing. And so I would just like to encourage you just a little while. What are the things that should keep us pressing forward? What are the things that should motivate us to press forward and do whatever it is that God's called us to do? Let's look at the first thing real quickly. First Timothy, if you would go with me over to First Timothy chapter 1. We'll look at the first thing that should motivate us, should keep us pressing forward. First uh, Timothy chapter 1, look at verse number 11. It says, according to the what type of gospel? Glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. First Timothy chapter 1, verse number 11 declares that the gospel that you and I have, the death, burial, and resurrection, the message that your pastor preaches from this pulpit is a glorious message. Amen? It's a message of salvation. Amen? Uh, you just listen to the news just yesterday about these people in the name of, of Muhammad that are destroying lives. Hey, bless the Lord. We don't have a message just like that. We have a message of forgiveness. We have a message of hope. We have a message of, of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that our God doesn't call us to go and destroy innocent life. Amen. When we go out and we invite people to the house of God, it's not so much that you're promoting being a Baptist. Now, I'm a Baptist, don't get me wrong. But I'm not trusting in the Baptist church to get me to heaven. I'm trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. When I go and I knock on doors and I go and I try to, to share with people the message of the cross, I'm sharing with them uh, uh, primarily the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll invite them to the house of God, amen, so they can grow, so they can get under the preaching of God's word. But what it is that I want to introduce them to is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the gloriousness of the message that you and I carry with us. Amen? So uh, what a blessing it is to have something that the majority of the world does not understand. A salvation by grace. Amen? Amen. Do you, you understand, not just in Mexico, in many areas of the world, the world looks at salvation as a matter of, of God weighing out your good versus your bad. Um, a lot of people still think, even in the United States of America, Say, so, well, if I do enough good things, then maybe my good things will outweigh my bad things. And just maybe I might make it to heaven someday. Hey, we're not saved by good works. Amen? And so we understand a salvation by grace through faith. What a blessing. Hey, when you're talking to your, to your co-workers about the Lord, uh, you don't have to say, well, that's what, that's what my church teaches or that's what my pastor teaches. You can say, that's what God's word says. Amen? 
That carries weight with it because it's God's blessed holy word. And, and you and I, we carry that message with us. It's a message that can change lives. It's a message that uh, gets a hold of you. And boy, it can change your life. Not only change your eternal destination when you receive Christ as your Savior, but it changes the way you look at life. Amen? I remember there's a lady down in Mexico. Her name's uh, uh, Sister Marta. Hermana Marta, we call her, and, and uh, she, she wasn't always in the church. I remember when we went at the beginning, uh, maybe five or six years ago, we went to her house, and, and she was a staunch Catholic, and she was there, and we sat around her table. She was nice, but she was very uh, firm in what she believed, and uh, began to open the Word of God. Me and another gentleman opened the Word of God, and we would show her salvation by grace, not not of works, lest any man should boast. And we would show her and show her, and she said, "Yeah, I understand that." She says, "But she says, but I've got to do this in order to be saved. I got to read my Bible every day, and I've got to do this, and I've got to go to church and be faithful. And I got to do this." And we had just explained to her time and time again, and she didn't get it. But then all of a sudden, after one verse, and I don't remember what verse of scripture it was. I think there in First Timothy chapter three. Um, but uh, anyways, after that verse. I saw the Holy Spirit of God kind of working in her heart. And I saw her get real quiet. And then she kind of leaned back in her chair. She sat back in her chair and then she just started looking around. And I could see that God was showing her something. God was starting to talk to her heart. And I remember her saying, you mean there's absolutely nothing I can do to be saved? I said, no, you need to just call upon the grace of God. Amen. You need to just trust Him. Amen. And boy, she got a big old smile on her face. And right there at her table, she received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. Amen. That's the gospel that you and I carry with us. Why is it that we should keep pressing forward? Why, why be faithful when, when sometimes we look around and there's other people not faithful? Why do it? Because with us, we carry a glorious message. It's a glorious message of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a message that has power. Amen. If we'll use it. It has power to transform lives. Now look at the second reason that you and I should just keep on pressing forward. If you would go with me over to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. I'm used to in Mexico telling people, that's in the front of the Bible, that's in the back of the Bible. I think you guys know where it's at. I mean, I'm dealing with folks who are newly saved down there and have no idea. So I kind of get used to it. Exodus chapter 14. And uh, we'll look at uh, verses 13 and 14. The second reason why we should keep pressing forward is because we do not strive alone. Amen? In our Christian walk, we do not strive alone. If you look here, uh, Pharaoh's pursuing the Israelites, and he's coming after them, and they find themselves in a peril. But if you look at verse number 13 of chapter 14, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today... Ye shall see them again no more forever. Look at verse 14. It says, And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. What a blessing to know that the Lord's fighting for us. Amen? Hey, God didn't just save us and just say, well, you're saved and you're a child of mine and someday I'll see you in heaven. I hope things go well for you. No! He gave us the blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's that Holy Spirit that helps us day by day. It's that Holy Spirit that tells us when we're doing right and when we're doing wrong. Amen. We like the part when he encourages us when we're doing right. Amen. But also he's that part that, that uh, as uh, Saul said, it's hard to kick against the pricks. It's that, it's that Holy Spirit that speaks to our heart when we do wrong. And he's trying to guide us and he's trying to get us to do what's right. But the blessing is knowing that with us, in the moment when a person's saved, they have all of the Holy Spirit they will ever get. Amen. Uh, in that moment when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, the Bible says that we receive all of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have given all to the Holy Spirit. Amen? It doesn't mean we're controlled completely by the Holy Spirit because we have a lot of flesh. And our flesh likes to do certain things that are contrary to the Word of God. Amen? But the Holy Spirit is there to help us. 
Amen? We do not strive alone. If you have a burden for your lost loved one, you have a burden to do something in the church or some sort of work that you want to do for the Lord, and you say, well, I just don't think I'll be able to do it. Can I tell you what? The Holy Spirit of God is with you if he's placed that burden in you. Amen? We shouldn't step back. We shouldn't allow the devil to get the victory and for him to get the victory and to... And to, to discourage us about doing something. Here, even in this portion of scripture, it says, The Lord shall fight for you. Amen? And then it says there, it's really interesting, it says, And ye shall hold your peace. Now, we use that term nowadays, hold your peace, to mean don't say anything. But I think what it's saying there is, don't let your peace go from you. Hold on to it. Amen? Because the peace of God passeth all understandings. It's that peace of God that he gives to us saying, I'm with you. You're not alone and whatever it is. Now listen, and we're going to go to the next point, but listen. God wants you to do something. Amen? God's given gifts, you know, there from 1 Corinthians. He's given some gifts that have passed away like tongues. Different gifts have passed away, but he's given other gifts. He's equipped the saints for his work. So God's given you... Each one of you, a certain gift. He's given to me a gift. Our responsibility is to use that gift in the house of God. Amen? Look for a way to serve in your local church. I have not talked to your pastor. He didn't put me up to this. Amen? Uh, Don't get mad at him. But I just about imagine if you say, well, I want to be used of God. And I want to be more involved in the ministry. I want to be doing whatever it is that God's called me to do. And I don't have any idea. I just about imagine if you were to talk to your pastor and say, Pastor, what could I do around the church? I imagine that he would probably have a list of things for you to help out with. Amen. Look for a place to use your life for the honor and glory of the Lord. And remember one thing, that when you're doing that, You do not strive alone because the blessed Holy Spirit is with us. What is it that keeps us going forward? What is it that keeps us uh, in the fight when other people over the years, no doubt you've probably seen, and I've even seen it in Mexico. You see people who have been faithful and and they're alongside of you trying to do the work of the Lord, maybe sing a song with you in church and, and they're trying to do, and today, nowhere to be found. It would be easy for us to sit back and to get discouraged. And say, well, brother so-and-so, he used to sit over there. And sister so-and-so used to sit over there. And they're not here anymore. Hey, folks, you and I ought to keep pressing forward. Because we do not strive alone. Amen? We do not strive alone. Let's look at two other reasons why we should keep pressing forward. If you would go with me to Micah chapter 7. Micah chapter 7. A little bit harder to find. Micah chapter 7. What's one reason why you and I should keep pressing on? There's times when every Christian, sometimes we fail the Lord. There's times when we do things that we're ashamed of. And I believe that's why God's been so gracious to us to give us a salvation that is not dependent upon ourselves but upon his pardon upon his forgiveness of sin. Micah chapter 7, look with me at verse number 18, speaking about the grace of God. Look at verse number 18, it says, Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. Let's just stop there for just a second. We have a God that delights in mercy. Amen. That ought to get you excited. You know why it gets me excited? Because I need the mercy of the Lord. Amen. There's not a one of us here that can stand here and say, well, I've been a pretty good person and I've been doing pretty good and i got things under control. There's not a one, if we were to be honest and examine our hearts, that we could sit back and say, well, I'm pretty good. No, I'm not good. Amen. He's good. I'm not always faithful, but he's always faithful. Amen? And so that I encourage us to keep going on. It could be that you're sitting back and you're looking at things you've done in the past and you say, well, I don't know how God can use me and I I don't see any way. uh, uh, Only God and I know what's gone on in my past. Can I tell you what? We have a God who delighteth in mercy. Amen. Amen! Why should we keep pressing forward? 
Why is it that we should stay in this fight? Why is it we should be faithful? Why is it should we look for a place to serve? Because we have a God who has abundant mercy. Abundant mercy. Amen? Boy, I tell you what, my, one of my first verses I ever memorized when I became a Christian was uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. Amen? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. You know why I memorized it? Because I used it. Amen. Hey, folks, what a blessing that we serve a God. Now, that's no, that's no excuse for us to do wrong. Amen. That's no excuse for us to back off and say, well, I, I know tomorrow I'm going to live like the devil today, and I know tomorrow he's going to forgive me. That's no excuse. Amen. But, boy, when you are ready to repent and you come to him humbly, you can pull out that verse and say, God, I don't deserve it. But your word says that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I don't deserve it, but your word says it. Amen. What a blessing. Hey, you know what? That's to encourage us to keep going on. There's not a one of us here that has not failed the Lord. There's not a one of us here that would like for instead of us to put up this slide presentation of what the Bryans are doing in Mexico, what if we put it up and we started to name off your sins up there. Amen? And they started scrolling your sins, and everybody's just sitting back and looking. Ooh, wow. Oh, boy. Brother so-and-so. Wow. Hey, there's not a one. Amen? I don't want mine up there. I don't think you do either. Amen? But by the grace of God, that's not going to happen. Amen? By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have that pardon. And that is something that should motivate us to keep going on for the Lord. That's something... Out of a heart of gratitude. There's so many religions that serve, but they serve because they're trying to work their way to heaven. In Mexico, one of the most faithful, and I hate to put it this way, but one of the most faithful group of people are the Jehovah's Witness. Now, they're faithful, and boy, they're out there, and they're knocking on the doors, and you see them coming and going, and they're just out there all the time, spend six to seven hours a day out in the sun knocking on doors trying to uh, promote their, uh, uh, their false doctrine. They're faithful. It doesn't mean they have the truth. Amen? Because they don't have a salvation by grace. Why are they faithful? Well, the truth is, is they're hoping to earn their place. They're hoping to earn their place. That's why they're faithful. You know why you and I ought to be faithful? Not to earn our salvation, because we have a salvation that cannot be earned. Amen? We have a salvation by faith. But out of a heart of gratitude. God, you've been so good to me. And because of that, I want to serve you. I don't serve you to maintain my salvation, because you cannot lose your salvation. Amen? I don't do it to, uh, so that uh, you'll give me some sort of special grace. We do it because we've already received the grace. And we say, Lord, because of that, I want to serve you. Because of that, I want to be faithful reading my Bible. Because of that, I want to look for a place to serve in my church. Because of that, I want to be changed into you, conform to your image. Amen? Many times what we do is we get to a certain point in our Christian life, and it happens to all of us if we're not careful. We get to a certain point and we say, well, I'm... Doing pretty good. You don't have to confess. I'll confess for all of us. Amen. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Can I tell you what? God desires and he deserves more from us. Not to get to a certain level and say, well, I'm doing good. Hey, the Bible says that God desires for us to do even more. And what's going to keep us going on when we fail? Remembering that the pardon of God is abundant. We'll look at one last thing, if you would. And this is... Real blessing. If you go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're talking about reasons to keep pressing on. Amen? Why just keep pressing forward? Why just stay at it? Why be faithful when maybe others are not? Why support your pastor? Why look for a place to serve in the church? Why be faithful at knocking on doors? Why be faithful at trying to get the gospel out to different people? Why be faithful? Look at the last reason here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse number 9. It says here, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, Neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him.
That's a promise to the child of God saying that there is, and the last point is this, that there's a heavenly payday someday. What keeps us pressing forward? What keeps us during the hardships of life, during the tough times, and it happens to everybody, amen? What keeps us pressing forward remembering that there's a heavenly payday someday? In this verse it says, as it is written, I hath not seen. He, said, he says, nobody's even seen what it is that I've got prepared for the child of God that loves me. Nor ear heard. Neither hath entered into the heart of man. He says it hasn't even entered. You can't even imagine. Amen. We can't even imagine what it is that God has prepared for the man or woman, boy or girl that's faithful and just stays at the stuff and does what it is that God's called them to do. God has things prepared. There's a heavenly payday coming someday. It says the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. When I read in the Bible, many times you read about faithful men, and we'll conclude with this. You read about faithful men and women who experienced tragedy and, you were, and went through hardships and, and persecutions that you and I in this society in which we live, we will never have to suffer. Maybe someday it will be like that. But you read about that and you wonder, how is it that they could just stay faithful? And I think the reason is this. They had their eyes on the prize. They didn't look around at the things that were happening in this life. It's easy to get discouraged when you look around at what might be happening in your own family, what might be happening with your children, what might be happening uh, in, in, the, in the country in which we live. And it's easy when we have our eyes on all the things that's happening around here to get discouraged and to start to slow down and to start to get to the point where you're backing off from doing whatever it is that God's called you to do. But can I encourage you to lift your eyes a little bit higher? Amen? When you get discouraged, just remember that there's a heavenly payday coming someday. Amen? When you get overwhelmed and you get burdened down, just remember to keep your eyes lifted up to the Savior. And that's what will keep us faithfully going on for Him. Amen? Because why? Because He deserves it. God desires for us to keep pressing forward. And not pressing forward in a, as a drudgery. Not just going through the routine, not just pressing forward because I got to, amen? I, sometimes the kids at the children's home, they say, well, we got to go to church. I say, no, you don't got to go to church. You get to go to church, amen? Hey, we shouldn't just press forward and just go through the motions. We ought to press forward with joy knowing that someday there's a heavenly payday coming. God has called each one of us to do something, amen? If you don't know what it is, pray. Say, Lord, I, I want to serve you. I want to keep pressing forward. I, I want to advance your kingdom here on this earth. I want to make an impact in the, in the life of somebody. Let me finish with this. The Bible talks about men seeing our good works. And the Bible says that men ought to be able to see the good works of a, a child of God, not so that they can look at that Christian and say, well, look how spiritual she is. Look how spiritual he is. No, the Bible says that they might see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Why should we keep pressing forward? So that he'll receive all the honor and all the glory for what he's done in our lives. Amen. Let's all stand, if you would, bow your head and close your eyes. I'll turn this time over to the pastor. But before I do, who would say, the Lord spoke to me. No one looking around. You say, the Lord spoke to me, and I, I do want to be faithful. I, I want to keep pressing forward. I don't want to pull back. I, I, I want to shine for the Lord where I am. I want to look for ways to serve. The Lord did speak to me through his word this evening, and I just want to acknowledge that. The Lord spoke to me. Would you just slip your hand up real quick? The Lord spoke to me. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to pray, and then we'll turn it over to the pastor. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you, Father, for the faithfulness of your people. Even in this evening with uh, not the best of weather, Father, they uh, trudged out here to be in your house. And, Lord, I pray that you give them a special blessing. And I thank you, Lord God, for using your word in each one of our hearts. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Um, well, Adam's going to begin playing softly. I'm going to ask you to just, as the Lord has spoke to you, I'm going to ask you to obey him and 
Maybe it's a new commitment to the Lord. Lord, I do want to serve you. Lord, I want to be faithful in my Bible reading and faithful to church and faithful soul winning and faithful to you. Not out of, uh, as he said, grudgingly, but because God loves a cheerful giver, not just in your finances, but in your your life, your testimony, your, your giving of your talents. seated as eyes are closed and heads are bowed. I do want to have this time of prayer and uh, maybe there's something that God has put upon your heart tonight that you want us to pray for. Any prayer requests tonight? Anyone like got a prayer request? Okay. Yes, Brother Phil. Uh, Miss Sue had uh, some eye uh, surgery this week, and uh, she's not even allowed to talk. Um, uh, so you, because she could uh, start bleeding very easily, and uh, could throw some uh, complications in there. So you pray for her, and uh, pray for Brother Phil as he ministers to his wife. And so you remember those. Uh, would ask that you would remember uh, Dora and. Uh, Randy, Dora and Randy, uh, in your prayers. I went and visited them. Uh, him today. He's in the hospital. Uh, they don't know, or in the rehab center, not knowing exactly what's uh, going on. And uh, he, he's had cancer a couple times. They're thinking it might have come back. They don't know. Uh, this is a um, family friend of uh, the Buchanans, and so you remember them in your prayers. And uh, this is Randy and Dora. I believe it's Harmon. Remember them in your prayers. Someone else? Anybody else? Prayer? Yes, Brother Kirk. Praise. That prayer does work. Amen. Steve's health received a new heart today. Amen. Amen. Steve Sellers, uh, he was on, we've been praying for him. He had a uh, heart transplant today, and uh, the doctor said it was a perfect match. And uh, so you continue praying for recovery. And pray for Brother Kirk as he's a uh, he's trying to be a, a testimony witness at his job and uh, to his friends. And uh, I do have to say this: I asked you to fill out those prayer cards. And uh, uh, anybody that had not filled it out yet, please, or if you have other prayer requests, please get them to me. Uh, this helps me in my my prayer life. And so I, I have my prayer book here, and I, I do pray for these things every day. And uh, so you you uh, get those to me. And uh, that'll be a help to me. And uh, as we see God working, we can uh, just say, see, God does answer prayers. And uh, it's a good uh, testimony of the Lord's grace. And uh, But also we see how God's working. And uh, so I would ask that you'd fill those out and get those to me. And uh, we, Brother Kirk told me the, the, about his friend uh, today. He called me and said, praise the Lord. Uh, this is what the Lord had done. And I was rejoicing with him. All right. Uh, also, Brother Tim has two co-workers uh, that he was telling me about today uh, that uh, I got their names here. Um, he just told me this evening, so I don't have them memorized yet. So, um, okay, Mac Hozak, he has lymphoma, uh, lymphoma cancer, and then James Howard has oral cancer. So uh, you remember Mac Hozak? and James Howard in your prayers. All right. Anybody else? And it's been a blessing to be around some of my coworkers in the past and coworkers that I'm with now, but uh, these two gentlemen are both Christian men. And so, you know, I, I had a long conversation with James yesterday. Uh, I would heard through my former boss, but then I went ahead and called James because I wanted to just talk to him and encourage him. But, you know, he, uh, he wants to be a good testimony Amen. throughout the whole throughout the whole thing. So, Amen. You know, we talked a long time about that. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go to the Lord for these, and then if you have any questions, I'll have Brother Brian come back up here. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and just to hear the Word of God preached tonight. Thank you for Brother Brian and the message tonight, Lord, how it spoke to my heart. 
uh, just to keep on keeping on. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just help each one of us to keep our eyes on the prize and to lift our eyes to the skies and Lord, to see uh, you. Uh, you said in your word to look to the hills which come with my help. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would just uh, be with each one of us as we strive to live for you. Lord, I do ask for uh, Miss Sue, Lord, as she's uh, recovering from her eye surgery today. Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would just strengthen her. And Lord, that you would uh, just be with Brother Phil as he ministers to her as well. And uh, Lord, I know it's going to be a difficult time to, uh, she has to be still and to be quiet. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, just, uh, just meet the needs there, Lord, for uh, Brother Kirk's uh, co-worker or the, the man uh, that uh, had his heart transplant today. Lord, we praise your holy name for uh, the, the success of that. But Lord, we also are praying um, uh, for his recovery and praying for Brother Kirk as he ministers and uh, just tries to be a, a, a lighthouse in, a, in, in a, a dark community. And uh, Lord, I ask that you would just continue using him. Lord, I do ask for Brother Tim's uh, friends for uh, Mac and for James, Lord, you know the needs and uh, how they want to be, uh, they want to shine the light uh, through all this and that they would see uh, your good, their good works and glorify you, Lord. And we just ask that you'd meet in a, a great and marvelous way there. Lord, we do ask that you be with our church, help us to grow in spirit and in number. Lord, we love you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Brother Brian, has anybody got any questions for Brother Brian? Yes, Brother Kirk. That drug cartel patrol, are they on patrol all the time looking for trouble? Or is it? Well, yeah, the ones that are in our video are actually the federal police. Um, From Mexico? Right, the federal police in Mexico, and they're on patrol. A lot of times, I don't know if you, if you noticed, we said we go out to, we, we've started three churches. Our last church is out in the village. And that village is really controlled by the, the cartels. And so they probably, the federal police will go out there maybe maybe once a week and just kind of show a show of force. And sometimes there's shootouts and sometimes there's not. It just depends. But like when they're leaving, when the federal police are leaving our village, they turn around the other way. They, they're on guard, you know what I mean? They're, they're pointing towards the city as they're driving out. So it is dangerous where in that third village where we're at. So is there a lot of English spoke around that? No, sir. No, not much at all. So, um, so everything. Okay. Yeah. Can you say a verse of Amazing Grace in Spanish? Amazing Grace. I can. I can. Because he lives. Okay. Because he lives. Yeah. You do that now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Amen. Dios nos envió a su Hijo Cristo. Él es salud, paz y perdón. Vivió y murió por mi
Um, the one missionary brother that's there ended up moving to a, to another area, but I think he did leave some works there. So yeah, he did. Very good. Would you like my wife to say something? She's getting nervous. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close some word of prayer. We appreciate you being here tonight. If you have any other questions, we're not rushing off, so you can uh, you can uh, ask them any other questions you would like to. And we do appreciate you uh, coming tonight. Let's all stand. We'll close some word of prayer. Brother Greg, sir, would you close this, sir?